chit chat. Yeah, yeah. No about it's, it. it's it's going to be off the cuff, to be honest, because I've nothing prepared. I never do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. New Year, same me all, same all me. Like. Um, <laughs> Anyway, welcome everybody to episode H of the Less You Don't Know podcast. As always, I'm joined by Adam Hannafy and this week's guest, Dr. Cullum Tui. Welcome, Cullum. Oh, thank, thanks very much. He's not one of those here. doctors of philosophy or one of them. He's a, a medical a, doctor. A proper uh, a doctor. Real, a real doctor. Uh, not, not, not to be qualified for a few years yet, but um, hopefully... Ah, you'll hopefully be qualified for your 30. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, it's 2021. We're back with a bang. Uh, we're going to stick to bi-weekly, isn't that right, Hannah? Bi-weekly, bi-monthly. Uh, any New Year's resolutions, lads? Um, yeah, I suppose. Well, uh, I have a few, few simple ones myself. Um, nothing, nothing too outrageous now, Anthony. Um, I suppose over the Christmas, I kind of realised that I don't really read much at all. Uh, so I'd probably like to take up reading a bit more. Just, um, I suppose picking up one or two books a month maybe and, and getting through them because I'd say you could probably probably count on one hand the amount of books I've read in like the last two years so um, probably something I'd like to to work on a bit more. Adam, any uh, resolutions for yourself? No, I was just saying that fits in well with your resolution of the Ladybird books that you were going to read for the <laughs> night. Um, <laughs> resolutions, uh, not really to be honest, this was just anything's better than 2020, so just onwards and upwards. Really. Onwards and upwards, yeah. I have a few big ones myself. Uh, I want to drink two litres of water every day, seems fairly achievable. I want to make my bed every morning and 50 push-ups every morning. Then uh, also, jeez, uh, I, need, I need to improve what I listen to on Spotify. Uh, my, just... Spotify my Spotify review of 2020 was shocking. Uh, Nelly Furtado was like the top 10 of all my songs. It's <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. I need to pay more attention to what I listened to in 2021. Uh, oh, my 2021 uh, top songs of the year to be somewhat decent. Yeah, fair, fair. Oh, I, I, just going back to your first resolutions, like it's, it's sad that making your bed push-up push-ups is probably the most likely one to do you're gonna you're gonna stop drinking two liters and you're gonna stop making your bed simple things yeah i know you have to aim isn't it uh three three weeks to make a habit so i'm gonna make extra effort to try to do it for the first three weeks and then hopefully we'll have it but uh why would you drink your two liters of water every day Uh, yeah Um, I, i was good enough at it in college not great sort of picked it up when i started working from home just purely out of leaving yeah. the desk to go get something but at the moment be, no christmas yeah, shake. I, i'd be kind of the same i suppose I'd, i was good enough for in college uh i suppose it's a bit easier just you'd be walking around with a water bottle kind of thing and can sip away it in lectures but um i wouldn't probably do it as much at home now um i've got i've, I've got a, a few beers beside me here so i'd say that's that's what i'm drinking here for the, the evening <laughs> adequate uh, hydration only job for yeah. lockdown <laughs> anyway uh we'll move on uh do you want to kick us off with your good bad and ugly hano yeah, go on. Uh, look, I, I, as you say, I'm coming into 2021. Old habits die hard. Uh, I'm not prepared, so I, I prepared a small bit in that I did uh, three goods because you know, 2020 was bad enough. There's, there's a lot of bad and ugly out there at the moment between coronavirus, politics, all of that schmazzle, even our jobs that we can't talk about. So I've gone with three goods. And our first good is going back to what Ronan's on about Spotify wrapped in music. And I just want to put it out there. I want to say thanks to every single one of you who had our podcast, <laughs> even though you only listened to about five minutes of it. It was up there in your top podcast. And uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry that you actually listened to it because it wasn't in mine. <laughs> one, of my, one, one, one of my friends, TK, he sent me a photo. Uh, we were his top listened uh, podcast of the year. And I was like, oh, oh top job. 
Um, and then he sent me the photos, like minutes listen to 10. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, well, that kind of always, a lot of people. It's always like a top recommendation on my Spotify podcast now, just given that's uh, probably the only one I listen to now. But. We appreciate it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just overall listener feedback. A lot of people over Christmas with sending in suggestions and just overall uh, feedback saying it's we're a getting good a, we're getting a little bit too big, Hanno. Like we kind of have like twenty people that we'd be expecting to listen to, but we have like another eighty. 20. We have another okay, maybe another. We have about ten people we'd expect to listen to, but there's another <laughs> ninety out there who I don't know who or what they are, but it's kind of spooking me. Who's he listening? Stopped to listening. <laughs> Who's listening to this? We built this episode. We built this podcast for Wheelo. <laughs> yeah, just for Wheelo to listen to, and now and now it's gone big. But uh, gone yeah, that, that that that's kind of my first good is just thanks, thanks for actually listening. Um, <laughs> second good, it, it's not it's government related, but not really. It's a uh, the proposal for an extra bank holiday in 2021 as what, a as a goodwill what, gesture. What month Where would that be? Your, yeah, yes, yeah, they haven't put it in. So this is like the big debate that's on at the moment. We have nine bank holidays in the year, uh, which is like. I think the average is about 13 across Europe. Um, oh. We've nine. I think the free months are January. Well, January the, January 1st is a bank holiday, of course. But after that, the rest of January, the rest of February is free. We have the March bank holiday after Paddy's, Easter bank holiday, May bank holiday, June bank holiday. I think July and August. July is free. I think there's a bank holiday in August then. July 13th, uh, celebrate my birthday. There we go. Okay, let's let's stick it in there. But either way, <laughs> and, and then Christmas Day in for that day, and Season's Day. But I thought I thought it was a good something good coming out at the end of the year is that they were going to propose a, an extra bank holiday, yeah, and uh, good, good for you working men doing the nine to five graft. Yeah, that's the, that's where I put in the asterisks. If you're working for an American company, you don't get Irish bank holidays. So, but we're not going there, right? We're not going there. Hanno, oh, Hanno, Hanno had the Thursday Thanksgiving off. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. So I look forward to a Thursday in November every year. One of like the four bank holidays America take. I know Europe, they have 13, but they kind of go, if it falls on a Saturday or Sunday, tough shit. Like where we kind of carry ours over to the following Monday. Yeah. So that's why we've less. They've kind of 13, but if they all fall on Saturdays, tough shit. No bank holidays this year. But like yeah. they could have random. I say off. hot take. I say South Korea have no bank holidays. I remember reading something on BBC News that South Koreans work like 16 hours a day. So I'm going to put it out there. South, South Korea has no bank holidays, but uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so if anyone wants to let us know. Uh, but yeah, to, no, to, to our South Korean listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't have any. Uh, yeah, so my third good I went with then was just the whole reflection on the year 2020 and just kind of appreciating the, the finer things, the small things in life. And just looking back at it and people are kind of going, oh, thank fuck that year's over. But I learned a bit of skateboarding, did a bit of surfing, all that stuff that was actually like probably one of my better years in comparison to like 2019, 2018, where you're just kind of stuck in the same usual rut of kind of college, summer, work. Hung over all day Friday, hung over all day Saturday. <laughs> yeah, maybe for you, all right. Like, <laughs> Live for the weekend. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's kind of, they were my three goods to replace a, a good, bad, ugly. Uh, yeah, I suppose I'll, I'll take over there. Um uh, my good, I suppose, good to see the back of 2020, like you said. Um, so it was nice, nice to be home for Christmas in that sense. Uh, my sister was home for um, Australia there, so it's the first time she was home in three years. So it was actually nice, I suppose, to have a bit of a, oh, sweet. a family Christmas. Nice, nice, wholesome um, goodness there. But uh, I was actually... Home Santa was good. Te- oh, it was brilliant, <laughs> as always. Um, but I, I was telling Ronan, I... Uh, so there a few months ago I decided to join or I got an Amazon Prime free subscription for like six months. 
So it was already a happy out, then completely forgot to cancel the subscription, obviously, after the six months. So I was like, oh, I better better actually go and use Amazon Prime a bit. So went into Prime Video and started watching The Boys. Not sure if either of you seen it. No? No, I haven't. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually, so it's about kind of these superheroes, basically, and um, they kind of embrace their celebrity status, I suppose. And it's kind of the, the attempts of these group of lads to take down the celebrities, basically, that they've kind of wronged them. Um, but I I wouldn't be a big superhero man at all. I, like, haven't seen any of the Marvel films or anything like that. But I actually thought that it was quite good. And oh. it's kind of, I've been I've been isolating in the room for the last few days. Um, and it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of improved, improved my isolation experience by watching it. So I've, I've fairly binged on the two seasons of it now. Yeah, I wouldn't be a big superhero man either. I remember uh, one a year or two ago when the big Marvel movie came out and we uh, all had it booked in for uh, Saturday morning and I was out the Friday night, went to the Marvel movie, started snoring so loud. <laughs> Kids around me going mental. A few of the actually lads as well were like, would be like big Marvel fans be there like poking me. Yeah. And then uh, one of the lads, he's like a right rap bastard. I woke up uh, and he had his hand in my popcorn, seeing my popcorn, he's there drinking my, <laughs> drinking my drink. I was like, uh, and anyway, shout out to TK, you're give, rat. Boy. Yeah, give us a name. We need a name for that. <laughs> Thomas TK. Joe. <laughs> I woke up uh, I woke up and I was like what is going on because yeah, yeah alone had I seen hadn't seen any of the previous ones but I hadn't watched half the movie then as well uh, yeah, fairly, say, a fairly was vicious hangover it's well. it definitely over two hours I suppose yeah, um, yeah. but yeah it wouldn't yeah, be it except be for the only uh, big uh, I loved I loved the Batman movies and the first Iron Man I thought was unbelievable uh, yeah, whatever. I, I've only I ever actually, seen the three Batmans. Watch them this summer. That was it. Have Batman you seen Iron Man? No. Yeah. Oh, like I think maybe on RTE I've probably watched a bit of it with come on there some nine thirty five film. But <laughs> the big big no. movie. I, I actually think the, the whole <laughs> Dark Knight kind of trilogy is is fairly good. Like um, yeah, it would it would kind of encourage me to watch a, a few more, but haven't got really haven't got around to it yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plenty of time uh, for another four week lockdown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Minimum. Um, yeah, my my bad, my bad is kind of a not really too much of a bad one, but um, I I was doing I don't know if either of you either of you found a crosswords no no uh, ever, a, a bit and then it gets frustrating. Yeah, so uh, along that's the kind of same line. There's there's two big sports crosswords there. It was it was one in the Irish Times, one in the Irish Independent that I was doing there over the Christmas and. Usually every year I kind of get through the first like 80% or whatever on my own and then resort to frantically Googling the rest of it before the closing date to send it off. But anyway, this year I kind of noticed something online. So I was Googling the answers anyway. And when you put them into Google, like the full clue would come up as a, you know, already a lot of people have been searching it basically. So I'd find the answers extremely quickly. And then I was like, oh, grand, this is grand, like finish the crossword. And then I kind of, I wasn't even paying attention to what the answers were. And then I realized that they were just completely wrong answers that someone, <laughs> someone has obviously gone online and purposely put in wrong answers. To Hanno, these. Hanno, you're caught yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Winner of the Formula One. Run and watch. <laughs> yeah. And like, they, they have the, they're just like different words, but have the exact same letters that you need. Like say the first and the third letter might be the same, oh, but the rest of the word will be wrong. So people have definitely phoned for them. And they're all like, 
the highly voted answers as well. So they've definitely been making fake accounts and like upvoting them. And uh, like that. Yeah, love to see it. <laughs> Irish Times and the Irish Independent putting in work. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then Ugly, uh, I know it's a bit of a bar. You don't like really talking about COVID on the podcast, but I thought when we were talking about health that I said my Ugly would actually be around COVID. So um, I was actually just... I was on the, the Sky News, strange news section there during the week, uh, randomly, never seen in my life, but I, I, they were kind of talking, there was an article on long COVID, I'm not sure, do you know what long COVID is? Is that where like, you still have the symptoms, are you feeling really weak for ages? Yeah. I saw yeah, the, two, the two Newcastle players, San, St. Maximin and Lascelles, that the two of them really, are just, yeah. that they're still gassed, that like they go yeah. for a run now, and they're absolutely, like, they even go for a walk and they're fucked afterwards. Yeah, jeez, um, yeah. No, because I know I've kind of heard like a few snippets or anecdotes from, you know, uh, a lad from home knows a girl whose like lungs are fairly fucked now after COVID, basically. Um, but I didn't really know any kind of scientific evidence behind it or whatever. So I was actually reading and it's like one one in 20 have symptoms after two months after uh, initial infection. And like one in 45 have symptoms like three months later. And like it seems to be kind of more... Uh, psychological symptoms rather than physical symptoms so you'd have like mental disturbances and like cognitive kind of dysfunction but like, like me when, when I have a hangover I think I'm going to die yeah. <laughs> that just, is incoming you in general living life I need it. a three in one from Yummy <laughs> yeah. but surely um, that like is it the taste and smell that, that's surely the most common one that's yeah, like taking so that, ages that's to come exactly back that's exactly what it's going to get on to yeah. so they found that this it's called like parosmia so anosmia is like the lack of smell so parosmia is like a distortion of smell basically and they found in england anyway that one of the most common symptoms of long covid in young people and healthcare workers is this distortion of smell so for smells so basically for strong smells such as like say coffee rubbish things like that there's a few of them that they, they smell instead basically so it's like burnt toast rotten eggs rotten fish things like that um, so like you know they kind of interviewed there one girl who was like a coffee addict and like all she can smell now is just fish when uh, kind of drinking coffee like basically that's, so has, that's a divine intervention right there someone, yeah. someone's gone you're not it, spending it might, your it might money be good for in the long run but um, it just, just seemed a bit grim to be honest that yeah. um, like I know the cases are going up and everything, but it probably is just a, a thing that you don't really want to get COVID, I suppose. Yeah. Um, if, if there is a risk of uh, some long-term effects. Yeah, I had a bit of a COVID scare over Christmas. Went out for dinner and, uh, yeah, fairly, wasn't not, wasn't too COVID concerned. And then, like, it kept on getting closer and closer to me. So it was, like, kind of, like, a bit away. Someone I hadn't really chatted to. And then it was, like, the lad at the table over, the lad at the table, the lad I was hanging <laughs> around with. It kept on getting closer. And every second day, it was, like, more bad news. I was, like, oh, yeah. my God. And then I went to get a test. And then the nurse said, like, unless you have symptoms, don't come in. And then yeah. Yeah, so I just never got tested. Yeah, so they just changed that during the week. They're just, like, fuck it. If, if, you, if you think you're suspected, stay at home. <laughs> Regardless, yeah, like, like, whether you're going to test positive or negative, even, just isolate. Even if you're, like, a close contact, they've stopped it now, which yeah. is a bit, uh, it's a bit sad, I suppose, but. Yeah, I think it's just the whole thing that if you're a close contact, you're either going to test positive or negative. Either way, you're yeah, going to isolate for 14 days. Just yeah. do it, like yeah, just get out of it. Exactly. But, yeah, no, the, the the whole coronavirus topic in general is just ugly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yeah. the uglier 2020. Yeah. Ah, positive. Uh, working There's at home's coming a lot. Yeah. Working at home's coming a lot more popular, which I feel like is something that people. I think that might be a long term benefit of COVID. Bit of a silver lining. 
Oh, yeah. I think that there is going to be a lot of long-term benefits in the terms of like, I think going into a restaurant or like shops anymore, you'd feel weird if there wasn't uh, hand sanitizer. Even, yes, like but, but sometimes I see people like when I see like videos on YouTube or something and like people are like hugging and stuff. It's like, oh, that's, or like shaking hands. Like, yeah, I feel like that would be a real sign when like, yeah. When we when we have like kids and they're looking at like their owl lads shaking hands, they're like, "What freaks like?" Are... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I still kind of find it strange just even watching TV or whatever, and you see a crowd at like a match, you know, a year ago or something like that, and it's just it's just awful odd. Like, uh, yeah. the Mayo supporters yeah. getting their heart broken. <laughs> yeah, no, don't mention it. Don't mention it. <laughs> that's that's another it's another ugly of twenty twenty. <laughs> Another no, ugly of the, we're on the, we're on the up in 2021. So. <laughs> the curse will be broken. What's it? 1969, I think. Oh, 51. 51. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah one here, one here, lad left from the, from the team. So hopefully he might he might uh, head off soon. And once he dies, the curse is off. we shut is up. He, is, he, is he is he over in America? Isn't he? Uh, no, he actually died. I think he was like the flying doctor. Um, oh, yeah. he's he died, but there's another lad back at in at home in Mayo. I'm nearly sure there was two of them there for a good while, but um, yeah, one of them died there. Maybe oh, he must be sick and watching the All Ireland every year, going fuck. I know. I know <laughs> please, yeah. please, please, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ronan, have you any good, bad, or ugly? My good, bad, and ugly. I'll start off with my good. Uh, watch some great shows on TV over over the Christmas. Uh, the first one is a movie, Gentlemen. Don't know if either you have seen it. Matthew McConaughey's in it. A recent release. I think it was made by Amazon. Unbelievable. In my top 10 movies. Uh, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal viewing. Next one. Uh, next one is a TV series, Chernobyl, I'm sure. Have you seen it, lads? Yeah, big fan. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Thought it was, I thought it was unbelievable. I was blown Very away. Amazing. I always thought Chernobyl was just kind of like... I always thought it was like kind of like more of a machine issue. I didn't know that some lads' arrogance had caused yeah. it all. That like just a brute in the actual control room had like caused the whole accident, which was really surprising. And like the like kind of sad thing is that like everyone died, but he actually lived like his full life. He served like three years in prison and got to live his full life. But like it was his incompetence that caused it all. And it was his arrogance of like thinking he was yeah, like smarter than everyone. I suppose. But, yeah. uh, but- like there, there was a whole lot of incompetence. Like, they, 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 is it Ukraine? Isn't there something they reported zero deaths or USA or Russia? Or whatever. I don't know where it is, but that Soviet Union they reported zero deaths from yeah. Chernobyl or something. Like that. Yeah, I was really underreported. I was yeah, actually yeah. surprised to see. I thought a lot more people. It's it estimated to be. It's kind of hard to estimate, but it's estimated to be between four thousand and ninety-one thousand people died from Chernobyl. Which honestly, I thought it was more. I thought it was a lot more. I thought it'd be like in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, of I, I think it was just I the think, knock-on think, effect for that. Yeah, works. exactly. Yeah. So it had long-term effects than like, you know, yeah. children. That yeah, we used to, we, when, when I was growing up, my mother used to take uh, children from their Chernobyl region. It was like this Irish charity that would take uh, Chernobyl children. Like we used to have them for like three weeks uh, each summer. I remember one summer we got them and we realized that the kids were richer than us. <laughs> 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 nice. and it, it was actually the first year we did it um, I think mum questioned everything but we stayed to keep them and then we kind of got the sob stories and then you're like like it really kind of upset you then it's a bit like kind of seen some, sometimes would you got on well with them like would they, were they speaking uh, English uh, no I remember one of my big memories of them is uh, Roman we, doesn't speak English <laughs> yeah I barely speak English <laughs> he just stuffers <laughs> his way through life fluent in Russian though but uh, I remember a big I remember we used to stick on uh, Phineas and Ferb in Russian for them uh, they used to love that but uh, it, was, it was quite sad. I feel like some of, that's, some of the sad stories out in the world, ignorance is bliss. Um, sometimes yeah. when it's kind of out of, out of sight, out of mind, we're kind of seeing them. It kinda, and it also, it makes you appreciate what you have as well. Um, 
Anyway, the bad, the bad, the bads today. Um, I went for a coffee at the barge. Uh, went to town and met a mate, and we got a coffee. And uh, we were sitting there at the barge at the canal. And I was looking around. I load of otters swimming. I was like, "Oh, we don't look at all the wa- otters swimming." He's like, "They're not otters running. There's a rats. <laughs> there's rats. The rats swimming around everywhere in the barge." I was like, "Oh, this is oh, absolutely God. disgusting." <laughs> Nice. It's pretty funny. Anyway, I'll move on to my ugly. My ugly was my celebrations for New Year's Eve. Uh, so yeah, I was in bed. I was in bed watching YouTube. I was watching. Uh, I love watching like movie clips, uh, like clips from movies. I was watching a few Spoilers. clips from, from the Shawshank Redemption, uh, where like Andy <laughs> Dufresne finally escapes and like the prison guards like throwing the rock and then he throws it through the poster and hears the echo. Yeah. But I was watching that and then uh, I was just in bed uh, watching YouTube and then I hear all these fireworks. And then I look up at the type right, top right-hand corner of the laptop. I was like, oh, it's midnight. Woohoo. <laughs> I was like, this is pathetic. But uh, that, that was my yeah. ugly today. But I'm sure, the, I'm sure 99% of the people were the same. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Did you, you didn't happen to see the RTE uh, countdown, Hannah, no? Oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, we no, had it on like, and we were flicking back between that and TGK. Yeah, I, like, I, I kind of... So I was, in, I was in my room yesterday for most and then I got negative COVID result basically at about 10 o'clock. So I came up to the parents then and I thought it was just the most, I don't know, anticlimactic New Year ever. Like, say, usually it'd probably be used to out in Sligo Town or whatever um, yeah. with everyone shouting down the countdown. But I don't know, it... it I don't know, RT didn't even make a big thing of it this year. Kind of, it was just like the numbers shown on screen. There wasn't even a, a physical calling out of the... the they, they've been woeful every year. Like they, what, yeah. all, they've ordered, all they've ever done previous years was just like shine the numbers up on like the mansion house or something like that and count down from that. And like, yeah. the, it's just... like Who's your man? That burn guy that was the comedian that was on. Oh, and he, oh, he just went burn. straight on... Yeah, he just went straight <laughs> on talking at like one minute past midnight last night yeah. and, and just literally drilling into the um, the year of 2020. I was like, no one wants to hear this on New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's done. Move on. Yeah, RTE, yeah, to be honest. Anyway, it feels, like, it feels like there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I know it's like, uh, I feel like we're kind of on the home stretch. Like sometimes when I go for a run and you reach a halfway point and you're on the run home, like there's great solace in that. Whereas now yeah, it feels like yeah. people are starting to get vaccinated now. It feels like the end is near. I'll be in a pub with a pint of hop out soon and a do you do you have any uh plans for anything that you'd like to do after uh things get back to normal i suppose this year uh, just... hopefully this year anyway i uh, yeah, it should it should be like i'm saying june july like hopefully we're getting into like a uh, goey city is just going to be mental that first night yeah cases will spike if everyone's vaccinated yeah, yeah, I think just general normality kind of shit, really. That's just... yeah. And then after a week, then just staying in bed because that's what I like to do. <laughs> Seeing no one. Back to lockdown. Back, for yourself. back to my normality. <laughs> you actually secretly enjoy lockdown. I just uh... <laughs> An in- introvert's dream. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Go on. Sure. Look. Without further ado, let's get into. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this week's topic. <laughs> this like three months later topic. Uh, health. <laughs> um, yeah, look, Cullum, I, I don't know you well, really, to be honest, but I wanted to start yeah. with, because I know a lot of lads who are kind of going through college and stuff like that. Yeah. How did you get into medicine? Was it a thing of, I got the points, let's give it a go, or is it like, I have a passion for medicine? Um, I suppose it was a bit, of a bit of a kind of backwards route, really. Um, so I, I did science for two years in UCD, um, and then kind of just midway through the second year, I kind of just had took up a bit of a notion that I don't know medicine might be something that I would be interested in, 
And, you know, people, I suppose teachers and some friends like would have said to me back in leaving, they're like, oh, you know, why don't you consider doing medicine, basically? And I was like, oh, no, like, absolutely not. I'm not going anywhere near medicine. Like, I don't don't want to be a doctor at all. Um, and part of that was, I don't know, I didn't really know if I'd be able to handle the pressure, I suppose. And also, I suppose in college, I kind of just realized that it was a bit of a, like, it was just, it's a fairly sociable career I suppose and I probably just became a bit more sociable in college and it kind of appealed to me more um, so and as well as that I suppose in second year I was doing a good bit of physiology which is the study of kind of the systems of the body um, so and I was thinking oh like what what am I actually going to be working as here at the end of the four years in science I suppose um, which looking back now given that I would be graduated in May is an absolute blessing that I have changed course, I suppose. But um, anyway, so I changed. I did the HBAT then in uh, the February of second year. Um, so it's kind of just, I'm not sure if you are too knowledgeable on it, but it's, it's yeah, just yeah, like an absolute Unless I'm running ace, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you do it after leaving? No, you didn't, do it before, <laughs> you didn't do it before going into science, no. No, no, I did it for the first time in second year science. So I suppose I had the advantage of I had done a lot of MCQs in college. So I was kind of like, I'd say that was a huge advantage. And also just being two years older and like I would have been competing against people that were doing their leave insert and like were stressed about that. So I probably did have a a massive advantage. It is it is the kind of thing like I would have I would have kind of grown up doing a lot of like puzzles and things like that and enjoying that. So what 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 is the HPAT? I think there's I know there's three I know it's out of three hundred I know there's three sections. But is, yeah, is there is there um, is there specifically a math section or? Uh, there's kind of one section on like logical reasoning. So that's like you know kind of word puzzles and things like that. Um, so then that's that's worth like kind of forty percent of the marks. Then another section which is like emotional reasoning things like that so they might give you like a paragraph and then they're like you know it might be an in like a conversation between a doctor and a patient or whatever and they are like you know at the end of it like is the doctor in this um excerpt is he angry aggressive um disappointed um or like disheartened or whatever angry like, angry and aggressive sound quite similar yeah yeah exactly like they might be they might be extremely similar <laughs> that's words, the point of the like, you just have to kind of deduce from the from the the whole paragraph or whatever what uh like what the kind of exact emotion is so girls girls seem to do a lot better than boys at that like i didn't actually do that well in that section at all I don't even um, know what emotion I'm feeling half the time. Like, yeah, alone, yeah. <laughs> trying to judge like, off someone else. <laughs> correct me if I'm right. Like, it's the whole, uh, what, what is it? The, uh, the definition of the HPAT or the, the whole design thing of the HPAT is that to separate the people who get 625 or the people who get 600. Is it not just a thing that's meant to separate not the men from the boys, but the people who yeah. are like, not the, the smart, the smart brainy students. To yeah, the, it, like, care it kind of, who... it kind of is to, I suppose to weed out a few people, you know, that say, you know, like the leaving cert, I suppose, is a bit of a memory test, and you know, they mightn't have, you yeah. know, on the spot kind of, you know, cop on, smart, cop on, exactly, yeah. Yeah, common sense, <laughs> nearly sometimes, yeah. um, because, you know, it's it's probably it probably is a lot easier to study for the leaving cert than the HBAT, I suppose. But in in saying that, you know, there's people that I see now in college that mightn't have done amazingly in the HBAT, but like. I'm like, these people actually know exactly what's going on kind of thing. So yeah. there is obviously 
Um, would would you? Here's a quick take. Would you take that like the whole uh, social side of being a doctor, Hugh? Because I know sometimes I look at lads who like didn't get primary teaching or something. And I'm like, oh my god, they'd be a great teacher, and it's a bit shit that they yeah. didn't get the points to be a teacher. Would there be things like that with being a doctor? That there's some lads who you're just looking at them and like they're looking down at your shoes when you're talking to them. You're like, how yeah. are you going to be able to like deal with patients in the future? Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's what kind of a part of the HPAT is supposed to kind of weed out as in like there is an emotional section kind of for that reason and that um, they do try and I suppose it is it is in that sense trying to choose people that are kind of socially um, not socially inept, I suppose. Um, but yeah, there is there is obviously a few people that kind bit of ironic coming from yourself. <laughs> what what you say about me? <laughs> <laughs> there is a few people that kind of just you know slip through the cracks i suppose so like there That's are yeah there might be a few people i'm like oh god like what what are they at but then you know there are there are a few people and i'm like these these people you know they mightn't be pulling out like the best results or whatever but like they'll make unbelievable doctors like like some of the girls are just they're actually lovely people like to be fair so like you know they actually will be so um I think uh, like of the they, father tape like, quote of all, all those girls like, have lovely bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lovely like patient, girls. Patient orientated, I suppose. Um, and, you know, like, will will definitely be very, like, have very good bedside ma- manner and things like that, which is, which isn't like a part of the course really at all up until the last two years when we go on placement. Um, so, like, say there last year, um, we went out to the National Rehabilitation Hospital in Dunleary and we just would be we kind of interviewed a patient basically and you know you'd be asking questions like taking history and things like that um and i suppose it is it is like a completely different skill like you do have to kind of um be able to relate to the patient and general general kind of just manner and like kindness generosity uh do kind of play a huge factor which um i suppose like isn't really taken into account in exams up until that point would you say the but, dropout rate is high in medicine? Um, like because of that, do you reckon there's people that get to second or third year and kind of see this one-on-one or like when they go out in placement or observing, that kind of go, ah, shit. Uh, I'm not I'm not fully sure now the dropout rate, but like there hasn't been, there's been very few people that have dropped out of our year. I think say. the dropout rate in the real kind of high points courses are always very low because... Just committed. Just kind of different, like kind of yeah, like I'd say, like nerdy bunch. In, in saying that, you were asking me, you know, is it something that I wanted for a long time? Uh, which the answer is no. But there are people in my year that you know this has been kind of what they've been looking at yeah. to do for you know the six years of secondary school, and you know a lot of them do come from backgrounds that their parents are doctors, and um, whether it be like pressure put by their parents or maybe just pressure that the like the student takes upon themselves they just kind of do end up falling into the kind of world. Um, yeah. uh, it's definitely like the most prestigious or like the most re- well-respected. Like, don't know, you hear someone's like, don't know, like a s- chartered accountant. You're like, meh. But when you hear someone's yeah. a doctor, it's like, wowza. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, because even remember I went, one time we were in, a, I was on holidays and I remember someone was like having a fit in the restaurant. And it was like, it was a big shout for, oh, is there a doctor here? Or you never get that. Like, is there an accountant here? Like, <laughs> Oh, is that some lad who was after his like PhD in computer science or something like that? And he was on the on the uh, the airplane, and some lad's like, "Is there a doctor on board?" And the father just gives his son a nudge. He's like, "Yeah, go on, download that to a PDF there. Go on, yeah. <laughs> save his life. Go on, you doctor." 
<laughs> yeah, there, there was actually always... a big scandal. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, yeah, Timmy, but there's no. a big scandal about uh, Joe Biden's wife that uh, she's calling herself Doctor whatever Jane Biden, and but she was like a doctor of education. I don't know if it was oh. Trump or some Republican anyway tore <laughs> into her. It's like, how dare you call yourself a doctor? It's false representation. But uh, don't know. I don't know if I. Yeah, I, I, I can kind of see this. You, you think doctor? You automatically think medicine doctor, but. Uh, yeah, I, I do I, feel like there, there are people then like I, I, I know we're, we're kind of fairly giving them a hard time here but like they do put seven hours into getting a PhD so I think if I met a PhD seven hours uh, or seven hours seven years <laughs> I, oh, think yeah. it's, I wish it was seven I hours. think it's four years <laughs> it's easy as that it's whatever yeah and you're, you're four years undergrad or whatever so that's like eight years or whatever kind of thing but like if I did all that work to get Dr. Adam Hanifi I, I think I'm going to put it there like <laughs> <laughs> in what I haven't a clue like but you know, if you, if you work for it, you're handing on me. Oh, I know you're proud of it, yeah. Yeah, the the in in saying that, I was just thinking there, like there, you know, there, there's been a, one or two scenarios in my life, and you know, like they're like it's you know someone collapses or whatever, and I'm like I have no idea what to do in this situation at all. Um, you know, like say we might we might learn a little bit about CPR or whatever, but like say say for example there about a year ago Ronan uh got a message from Ronan and he was like oh Tui um do you know how to take out stitches and I was like oh like no not a chance like we've literally done no practical skills at all um and I was like oh here so then Ronan just being too lazy I suppose to go to the hospital literally for about a half an hour or whatever procedure to get them out um instead rings who was it? Our no, another, another actor. No, it? it was no, it was Philip Hunt. It was it was our mate who's a vet. And he's a vet. <laughs> I was like, "Are you any going to take no stitches?" He's like, "Yeah, it's easy." I was like, "Will you take my stitches now?" He's like, "Ah, oh, no, I'm actually I have lectures on at the moment. We had a one hour break in between lectures, like two in the day." I was like, "I just want these stitches out. They're annoying me now." But then one of our friends, his parents are vets. So I was like, "Mark, you're all as a vet. Do you know how to take out stitches?" Mark's like, "Yeah, I've seen him do it. I'll do it for you." So I went back to some <laughs> lad's apartment and we took out our stitches. We took out my stitches in the hour between, like a lunch hour in between lectures. And uh, oh, yeah, God. so in my current opinion of doctors versus vets, if I'm sick, I think I'd go for a vet first. But. Yeah. <laughs> But here's uh, another hot take. From what I've heard about, uh, like being in medicine at the moment, like they're just they're just testing you to see what you can. Like, um, would I be correct in saying that you learn about loads of obscure diseases that's like one in ten thousand people get, but it's just to purely test you on like your capacity to learn. Yeah, uh, like literally, we'd be we'd be kind of learning about you know, like there'd be a mention of disease and just be like disease upon disease. Like say this semester now, it's all, it was all like kind of pathology really, which is the study of disease. Like, um, so we would have done like respiratory diseases, kind of cardiac diseases, uh, renal diseases, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, literally like there'd be things and it's like, you know, 0.001% of the population might suffer from it. Like, or, you know, like extremely rare tumors that, um you know young children would get but it is it is just insanely like information dense really um like as opposed to other courses you know like say well the the first four years of medicine in in ucd anyway um it does seem to be like you know we've we've very little continuous assessment that it's all like 100 percent final exams so like you can kind of coast through the semester without doing it would do very little really and then it's a bit of a cram for the exams um, which I suppose the exams are fairly hard, but like, you know, people, people kind of go on about, you know, medicine being the hardest course or whatever, but like, 
say I would have seen Ronan doing actuary and say other friends doing like Ekenfi and other maths courses and like they would have been they would be a lot busier than me you know doing assignments and probably don't studying say, don't, the semester don't well. say me <laughs> The the boys um, who did the work for Ronan, they were twice as <laughs> Yeah, the lads I plagiarized from, allegedly. <laughs> still only allegedly. I still got um, my exemptions. That's all that matters. <laughs> Something I was talking with a doctor that I think is like kind of crap is that like you can't really have off days. Like I know some days is like uh don't know working i assume working like you can kind of have off days whereas i feel like you have to be 100 percent every day being a doctor as like it's so like it actually is life or death whereas like yeah i know yeah so that's that's kind of a reason that you know people are like oh would you ever become a surgeon and i'm like ah uh, like i actually don't think i'd be able to handle the pressure the of smell of beers like off <laughs> you can still smell yeah. flannery's off you and they're like you're there going into <laughs> surgery surely not <laughs> <laughs> yeah like oh it's just it is it, like it is obviously a lot of pressure but i suppose you know i like, i was thinking there i was like how will i ever know how will i ever know enough like to be actually capable in that setting like in a hospital that you know say like i'll be actually responsible for these people's lives but like you do go through a fairly rigorous you know training program i suppose like it is six years and then after that you do you do an intern year where it's like a it's like a full year basically of like four three month rotations so you do like one in kind of general medicine one in surgery one and then like the other two you kind of choose choose what you might want to kind of go down the road in the end so whether it be like pediatrics or like neurology would would surgeons be the superstars of medicine like um i suppose yeah like they like realistically they'd probably be the the big names i suppose um but like in, in saying that, like you are, as, as you said, like you can't ever really turn off. You're probably like on call all the time, really. Like anyone could come in at any stage to require surgery. Like, and it, you might be the only person that can perform that surgery. Like, so I suppose you are tied down in that sense. Like you couldn't really just head off to, I don't know, like your parents' house for the weekend or whatever down the country. Like you would probably have to be, you know, around the area quite a lot. Um. So in that sense, yeah, it's probably just a bit, a bit too stressful. And sorry, Tui, uh, do you think like to become a surgeon, like there's a certain amount of having the bottle to do it? Like it's like having like, um, ball, yeah, like uh, Johnny Sexton's drop goal against France. Yeah, <laughs> just big balls. That's exactly like... what I think of when I think of a surgeon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of that uh, quick, like, quick thinking, isn't it? Or like on your feet you would, thinking, like you would have to be fairly kind of. I, I, I feel like. It's one thing as well, like, I feel like I'd be extremely emotionally attached to people, like, say, my patients, like, whatever. Whereas I, I feel like you do have to be very emotionally detached in the fact that, you know, if if this surgery goes wrong and the person dies in front of you, that you actually can't bring it home with you. That you just have to accept it and move on kind of thing. So, like, they kind of they kind of do joke about, you know, the people that are, I suppose, a bit, you know autistic or you know socially a bit awkward like that a lot of them do become surgeons because you know they they are able to detach themselves from the kind of emotion behind someone you know passing away in front of them the good um, doctor highly recommend yeah. <laughs> great tv series about surgeon and the surgeon's autistic and he's, he's unbelievable oh. wow <laughs> <laughs> what else anton anton else to go on about uh, uh sure do you have uh, Oh, yeah, just right. yeah, just 
in terms of that, actually, um, just as suppose one of the one of the kind of things that a lot of people bring up, say, say back at home or whatever, when you know I told people that I had moved to medicine or whatever, um, they're kind of interested in you know the whole um, anatomy labs and working with cadavers. Oh, um, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I my opinion of it is like the first time you do it, you're like there getting sick like getting sick in the car but i feel like something you would get very used to i know myself i was uh i got very sick uh like just before my leaving sir and i remember before going in there i used to have a phobia of needles whereas now like you stab me with anton i'd be grand like <laughs> yeah. don't take that like too literally there now um, <laughs> but ronan would you do would you donate your body to science uh yeah, I yeah no, I'd have no issue. Uh, a bit of me would still be like holding out that they'd be able to bring me back to life, so I wouldn't like like <laughs> medicine students like slicing and dicing me. Yeah, but, you're uh, looking at a, a second year science anatomy student poking <laughs> you with a scalpel, like. <laughs> uh, no, I'd have no problem. Uh, definitely, uh, it's probably something to sign up for. Is like get the organ donors card. Uh, yeah, I was actually just going to ask you. Yeah, um, yeah, just because I I actually. It's kind of advised or you know encouraged, I suppose, to be an organ donor, and um, because like they're they're literally no use to your organs after you die, so they may as well be helping someone else. <laughs> Are they on um, about changing it? Because I, I know at the moment yeah. it's, it's an opt in. I like if it was opt out, I think it, it works way better. Like. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm not sure if it's in yet, but they are definitely on about bringing that in. All right, yeah. um, the whole opt out, um, because like. I don't think that there's probably a lot of people that probably are fairly indifferent about it. And, you know, if, if it was opt out that these, they, they wouldn't have opt they wouldn't out. Opt so. out. Yeah. 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 Like, as you um, say, leave it for the people then who want to opt out, let them have that choice. Like, yeah. I'm yeah, thinking exactly. I'm getting brought back to life. 2031. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. In, no. in uh, terms of the, in terms of the whole donating your body to science though, I, I was actually just kind of thinking about it there recently enough as well, and say, um, the the rates of donating your body to say science are far lower among doctors than the general public, um, which I thought was fairly interesting, and it's probably really just in terms of they they actually know what what the 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 bodies go through, yeah, during in in the labs, which um is i suppose it was inter- interesting enough really but every year in ucd we kind of have a um there's like a ceremony you know like a, a celebration of life i suppose for the the people that have donated their bodies to for our use um you know they there is there is kind of information on all the 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 bodies there you know like what age the patient was and what they died from and i suppose there is a kind of um uh, movement, I suppose, to to make sure that the students know that these were actually patients and that they were the first patients that we actually kind of looked after. Um, because we're, I remember just as soon as like the first the first lab we ever walked into, they kind of told us of a story of a fella on you know like a bus like forty six A or something leaving UCD, and they were on the phone or chatting to a friend basically, you know about their anatomy lab that they were in and there was probably a few too many details mentioned about it and someone on the bus recognized you know from the details about the person that it was actually their brother that um they were talking about kind of thing and they brought it back to UCD and 
obviously the the students were fairly badly punished for that because there is a kind of element to you know we don't want to uh, disclose any information about the patients because they are I suppose they are somewhat heroes at the end of the day that have donated their yeah, bodies yeah. for that um, element but uh, it actually just just reminded me of that in in saying that um, back back in the I'm not sure if you've ever heard of have you ever heard of Birking? No, no, I haven't. No, uh, so back back in the 1800s, they used to. They used, I think it was two Irish lads. I think, um, like William Burke and Hare, William Hare maybe as well. And they moved over to Scotland. And they uh, so back. I think Edinburgh like used to be a bit of a scene for kind of learn about anatomy basically and public dissections. So they used to do these public dissections and like try to teach the public really about the anatomy, I suppose. And these two lads, anyway, decided that uh, they used to use the bodies of, like, criminals, basically, that had been executed for the dissections. But they they kind of decided that there wasn't enough bodies being used. Um, or, not sorry, not enough bodies um, for use that had died, say. So they started, uh, started grave digging, basically, and uh, taking taking bodies from graves to for use uh, for dissection, uh, so that that became known as burking basically. But uh, anyway, one of the lads, I think it was your man Hare, he ratted out the Burke fella, and in a nice kind of end to the story, I suppose to go full circle, uh, your man uh, Burke was executed, and his own body was used for public dissection at the end of the day. So. <laughs> I, I'm sure that doesn't doesn't happen nowadays. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, fairly legal, I'd say. So. Where are you? Uh, How I think you... I think there was like I think he got like and he, he started there was an element to like he actually started murdering people as well. Um, just for yeah, <laughs> that's not for, that's uh, not a small detail. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, he actually did a little bit of murdering as well. Something may have forgotten along the way, but <laughs> so when he's finished digging the grave, he just also murdered a few people. Like. Were you? Yeah, I think there was. I think there was a few murders added on, yeah. Were you a bit wheezy your first time experiencing a cadaver? Like, I can... Ah, uh, I, like, I um, just... But I think no, it's... No. No, to be honest. Um, like, it is... It is actually uh, as bad as it... As bad as it is to say, like, it does become fairly normal fairly quickly, really. Um, like, they do... Like, they do introduce it to you, you know, like, the first, the first time you're not really doing too much and then, you know, the next time you do a bit more work and et cetera, et cetera. But no, it, it wasn't actually that, um, that strange of an experience, I suppose. Um, like it was, it, it does become fairly normal fairly quickly. Yeah. Is there anything within medicine or that phases you that you're going like, like needles or stuff? Yeah. yeah no, like literally I was, I was about to say when Rowan said earlier, like one of the, one of the main reasons I didn't decide or I didn't do want to do medicine at the start was because of needles. Like I yeah. absolutely despise needles. Like, really dislike them yeah, um, I, I used to love the doctor that goes right you're going to get a pinch like this in three two one but he's yeah, giving they, it to you in the this they have a donut like, oh, the tree you're, you're like, genius yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no i think like obviously a lot of it is just a psychological kind of waiting around for something sharp to like penetrate your skin i suppose but um yeah i don't know just like that was like we're gonna to have to be you know taking blood and um, given vaccinations i suppose in the not too near or Fairly, yeah. Yeah, not not so distant future, I suppose. So, like, I, I kind of do need to get around to it being normal fairly soon. 
Yeah, so thanks for that, Colm. That was actually very, uh, very insightful. Uh, I suppose we should get back to our, our main topic, though, of health. And I don't know, I suppose, starting with the, the week it is and the topic it is, what is health and, uh, like, how do you define health? Uh, yeah, I suppose. So I, I was kind of thinking about this when I got told that I'd be, I'd be on this podcast about two or three days ago. Um, so I was kind of thinking about it and just asking around or whatever, and I kind of settled on a few a few things just uh, a, bit, a bit of a summary in fact just being like uh physical activity maybe diet sleep being kind of three pillars nearly of health i suppose so i was kind of looking into it a bit and came across this concept of blue zones i'm not sure if you've ever heard of them no that's no, no um, they're basically these these areas of the world there's like five of them that um communities are kind of living well into their hundreds so uh, yeah. <laughs> i wish um and they're kind of there's a few kind of common denominators between the the five places so say for example like there's one community in japan uh sardinia greece place in california things like that but they say like 10 percent of it is determined by genes and 90 percent of it is fairly like environmental so um whatever that be like diet or activity etc um so i just said i'd run through some of them quickly and might have a few talking points and some of them so the first the first um uh yeah so there's there's nine of them basically so they're called the power nine uh characteristics but one of them the first one is like movement naturally so it's not really exactly about you know going for huge long runs or um mad weight in the gym um but it's kind of just really getting away from the sedentary lifestyle so things like gardening walking farming things like that so a lot of them are um you know old lads just going out looking after their few animals probably in the field um, and that just gets them off the ground basically and and um a bit of natural movement um i'm not sure just have you ever have you ever heard of sarcopenia? Any of you? No? No, I don't know. Sounds like an island in Greece. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually <laughs> actually not this one. Uh, it's like I just uh, it's kind of this kind of progressive muscle wasting in adults. So uh, every decade after 30, uh, we lose up to eight percent of our muscle mass. You thank um, God. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I'm hardly losing muscle. I got none. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's the kind of the aim, really. Like I, I've been thinking myself. I'm like, oh god, I must, I must, uh, put on some sort of muscle before the age of thirty. Like I know that's a big <laughs> thing about like it's a big pro of like going to the gym is that like delays that or like stops that. Yeah, exactly. I know, yeah, so I know. Right. Even your does your testosterone stop at twenty five? I think that. Or sorry, not your testosterone stops, but like. It's decreasing from there. You're like you're at yeah, your max, it, it, max testosterone twenty five. It could well be like so. You're kind of in your mid twenties in term, or yeah, mid twenties are the kind of peak for nearly muscle mass, basically. So it could well be that with testosterone. I but know that. Uh, kinda... I know that supplement or something like zinc's the big one in the multivit that stops you like it like maximize whatever natural testosterone you have. That zinc's the big one. Uh, what's oh, your really, yeah. just a quick question? What's your opinion on multivits? Because actually. Like a few yeah. months ago, I actually went out and I actually bought a load of expensive multivits for like a six month supply to try, don't know, try like don't know, stop yeah. like the three and ones, the, the, the three and ones every day slowly killing me. <laughs> I kind of, 
Uh, I kind of thought multivitamins were great, um, but it turns out I think that it's it's fairly um, irrelevant, I suppose, if you take them or not, unless you have like a severe deficiency in your diet on, like, say, a particular sub, like a particular vitamin, say, like vitamin B twelve or something like that. Um, so, like, there's a few vitamins that are key towards, like, say. I know folic acid is fairly key for pregnancy and things pregnancy, like that. I remember um, that's yeah. added that's added to all flour. I know that's the big example that it was like there was some big study done and it was something as simple as giving pregnant women folic acid. And it was like a drastic, like a hugely statistically significant result. And now I think folic acid's like added to our flour now. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's huge. Yeah, it's added to loads of cereals. Um, I think it might be added to milk as well. I think it prevents maybe like spina bifida in children or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's huge in pregnancy. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of like, say, I don't know, people might be taking vitamin C, you know, tablets or whatever, but a lot of the time you just excrete the vitamin C immediately afterwards. Um, like you already are completely saturated with enough vitamin C that you actually don't require any more, say. Um, but like that being said, if you have some deficiencies, somewhere then it is obviously oh. beneficial in that sense i live with my sister and she says you're probably barely at five a week so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. um actually going on on from that point um one of the one of the kind of characteristics as well is the is their diet so they kind of consume um it's fairly plant-based diet I suppose. Um, I'm not sure. Have either of you ever gone vegetarian or vegan before? Like once had for a even salad. for a day. Once had a salad. I, I probably I probably died. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat enough of these. Like so. Yeah. No. Know. I'm like. I don't know. I I'd be a fairly um, heavy meat eater as well. I suppose. But um, from just living with a few lads that are vegan and vegetarian, I can definitely um, agree that there probably are some health benefits to it. Um, I don't know. Have you ever seen that show on Netflix, like The Game Changers? Or have oh, you heard I've about heard that? about it actually. I think I have. Yeah. Um, it's actually it's kind of interesting enough, but it, it's um, just probably advocating the the health benefits of a, a plant based diet, really. Um, but um, it's kind of there is a kind of bit of propaganda element to the the whole show as well. So there's obviously um, isn't it, isn't it like top sports stars like Kevin Durant or stuff like that and there or something like that, or yeah, yeah there's a few there's a few of them there's a few sports stars in it basically and they just show like you know they go on a vegan diet for like six months and how well they perform in tests afterwards basically that's a kind of yeah. that's a kind of lot of it um, I kind of feel like it, it, I, I remember hearing about it it's like it's a bit distorted like because you're on about these top athletes who are on the vegan and there's like for every one of them there's like at least a thousand others who've met it to the top level that yeah, are on like huge huge meat diets like high protein that kind of thing so, yeah yeah so that yeah. like I, I know there's a bit of that but is there also a thing that if, if i was to go vegan in the morning or something like i genuinely a i don't think it would be healthy for me but like would i is there a thing that people are taking like so many supplements and multivits after on top of that because yeah, they're not like, getting so that, their... that is one of the things with being vegan like so say I think it's it's kind of B vitamins in general you don't really have in like they they kind of B vitamins come from say meat and dairy products so obviously if you're not consuming those you have to take them as a supplement basically is that healthy um, to be taking them as a supplement? um uh, I, I'd probably say it is like it's 
it's not unhealthy, say. Um, yeah. Like, obviously, I'd, I'd be kind of big for uh, a fairly balanced diet. So in that, just everything in, in moderation, I suppose. Um, Something I remember seeing about this whole vegan diet is that like when like our ancestors that like they all live different lives. So like some of our ancestors were there picking berries and nuts and some of our ancestors like but then some people's like ancestors were like absolute killers hunting down eating nothing but meat so like it's kind of different for everyone in like what's their natural build-up used to yeah yeah yeah, exactly and in in the show i think in the game changers they do talk about there is a kind of evolutionary um point all right that you know they're like oh we've we've evolved from hunter gatherers so you know that should be the diet you know like nuts and seeds and berries and things like that should be our kind of um core are like a big part of our diet say um but going going on from that um i know ron i know ronan from living with him for a while he is um uh, a decent a decent eater i suppose in terms of he he likes to think he likes to think he's a big eater but actually in terms of finishing meals he's fairly poor (laughs) um but there's they they kind of follow did he or Sorry? did he not have eight square bars for dinner yesterday? <laughs> square bars are immensely underrated. Uh, you never <laughs> appreciate a square. Like you haven't had one since your childhood, but you have a square bar these days. are unbelievable. But uh, yeah, no, I'd definitely be more of a grazer than like a big meal person. I'd like much rather yeah, have like, so six kind of these, snacks than like three big These meals. kind of communities anyway, they um, are kind of advocates of this 80% rule. So basically you just fill yourself up to 80% and then not eat anymore. Um, so like they don't overfill themselves. Um, so it's kind of a bit of calorie restriction. So, you know, they don't fully, um, you know, they don't eat everything on their plate. They kind of leave a little bit. So it's kind of, it's kind of the same as, you know, when encouraging children eating, you know, you're like, oh, just give them, you know, smaller plate sizes and they won't eat as much and therefore won't become overweight or obese. I know that um, there's a fun fact about America, like the fattest nation of all, that they're like the only, they're the only people with like, uh, like lowering like age of like expected age to live to. Like they're only people really, dying yeah. younger in the whole world. And it's because they're fat as fuck. Actually, <laughs> going on from that, I saw an article today and um, given that today, New Year's Day or whatever, the first uh, born uh, baby of the year or whatever, there's, there's supposed to be 157 babies, I think, expected to be born today. But have would you have a guess at what their life expectancy might be? Uh, 85. 86. No, it's actually 105. What? Uh, yeah, according to UNICEF. Anyway, I, it was literally an Irish Times article today. I just happened to come across it. Yeah, 105. Um, like in, in the same article, which I, I, don't know, I thought it was a bit absurd, really, but... They said that there'll be expected to be one person born in Andorra today, and that their life expectancy is 119. And the pressure is what on that child. <laughs> so, yeah. They're the sucking pressure. back cigarettes at the age of 50. Yeah. <laughs> I've wasted it all away. Imagine if it did. Imagine if it did become the norm. Like imagine, like if if age 90 became like, oh, he died young. Yeah, like you're kind of adding on another 30, 40 years. Of what the expected is like, which is huge, really. Like I actually watched a fun video on LinkedIn about a uh, hero actuary, and it was this actuary who was calculating. Uh, it was it was American government, and it was like what they should spend their money on. And he was trying to tot up uh, 
is it worthwhile the American government spending their money on this uh, anti-diabetes program? And he actually calculated out that if they use this anti-diabetes program, far less people will get diabetes and it would uh, save loads of lives. But then it ended up not, they end up not spending the money in the program because if they spent the money in the program, people would start living longer. And that means like health costs over the long run, it'll increase a lot more. So end up not doing it. And then he like oh, argued. Health economics has to be the most corrupt thing nearly ever. It's just like, if there was a cure for cancer or something in the morning, could you, could you logistically do it? It's like, not if it costs too much because you're just better off saving like younger kids and uh, like two-year-olds and three-year-olds and you're kind of going... I'd say the, the decisions that are made based on like longevity costs is just crazy. Yeah. Like they're they're kind of it's a big thing now, I suppose. There there's a few people that are trying to classify, you know, aging as a disease, basically, you know, how can we how can we stop aging and you know promote longevity? Um there's a few creams so, for that. I think L'Oreal or something, they have a few aging creams. <laughs> <laughs> You're worried. Not in that. <laughs> West golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, sorry. Uh, yeah, and in in kind of following on from that, you know, one of the other one of the other kind of characteristics of all these communities um, is this. It's which I I thought was a bit strange as well, but it's this idea of drinking wine moderately and regularly. Um, which I, I, know I thought I drank wine. I got up the next morning. Here. I was like, it's <laughs> never. Never least, been in moderation. Like it's just been one. <laughs> at least two years off the end of my life. <laughs> He's a big Ronan's a big fan of the the glass of wine with a steak and Farmer Brown's. Anyway, I know that for a fact. <laughs> two there on the college budget, chicken wings and pints yeah. of Guinness. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it seems it seems that kind of you know drinking wine fairly um, moderately every day uh, actually has. Uh, decent effects on longevity so they looked at um th- there's this sardinian wine um and it has like three times the amount of these polyphenols which are kind of antioxidants which basically are really good at reducing um the likelihood of developing chronic diseases so uh, like all all the communities they looked at kind of tend to drink wine fairly regularly um yeah. Quick question for you, Cullen. With regards to, you know, people like they die, you get to 90 year of age, years of age, you keel over. Are, what are these people dying of? Is it like cancers or like what they actually dying of? Heart attacks? Um, a lot of the time is just kind of old age. Like, Oh, I, yeah. But like I'm I, saying, I'm saying it's always classed as old age. But is it actually? Yeah, something? yeah. Um, I'm actually not fully sure, to be honest. Like uh, some doctor a lot of it is just, you know, something, <laughs> something gives up in the body, like. Um, something, yeah, it, something. a lot of it could be like a, a weaker immune system so it could be something as simple as a cold that I know mean you'd be able to shake I know, off like, yeah. do, do you know everyone dies of HIV like like AIDS or HIV developing into AIDS it's like you lose all your white yeah. blood cells and then you end up dying of something like pneumonia but yeah, like, yeah. like what are these old people dying of just out of curiosity I don't know but I'm just saying you um, being three, four, three fifths of the way to being a doctor you might know but you're fucking useless <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually not fully sure to be honest. Um, the, Let's say all days, the, simple as the whole the whole immune system thing is definitely a is definitely a big um, killer. I suppose just being extremely weak and you know, like say, uh, I I saw something there recently. It's like you know after after a fractured hip, you know, like an old person, there's a huge likelihood they'll die in the next twelve to eighteen months. Um, just just because. You know, probably the body spends so much energy 
uh, trying to repair the the hip and kind of get back to full health. And then I wonder if know, there's a bit. I know in regards to actuarial mortality statistics, it's like when your partner dies is it's like called the heartbreak effect or something. That's definitely what it's called. But I studied it a lot in college. But it's like your chance of dying right after your partner dies, like extremely increases. But it's probably just yeah. like losing the will to live, kind of. Where I say there's a fair yeah. bit of that with regards to old people. It's like, ah, can I be arse, kind of. Um, yeah exactly uh perfect a perfect segue <laughs> on to the next thing it was that so like some of the other characteristics of them communities is that they all like they all belong to kind of either like a family um like a fate or a tribe kind of thing so the i think if you have if you have a life partner it increases your life expectancy by three years or something like that um and it's the whole thing hannah on the tinder gold <laughs> If, if, if I just got five life partners in that 15 years, yeah. <laughs> someone do the math here, all right? Tiger wants, Tiger wants to live until 200. <laughs> oh, no wonder he's still playing good golf. <laughs> it all makes sense. Um, so, yeah, the 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 kind of the the world's longest people, I suppose, all these people in these communities, they, they're kind of very family orientated. So they have their they have their grandparents around and their children around. So the grandparents are fairly, you know, active in the family life. So there's something like the, it's called like the grandmother effect. So it's like basically when your grandparents are around and they're like closely integrated with the family that, you know, it increases life expectancy of the grandparents and also the children growing up with them, say. So it adds a few years onto them. And um, there was, there was something as well. And it was like, uh, I think one of the communities is in Japan and it has like the the largest contingent of females over 100 and they all they all like from a young age basically agree to commit to these five other friends so they have like a, a kind of social circle and like they meet up you know the whole time and like share all their kind of uh, secrets and stories and personal experiences with each other and like they all tend to live extremely long lives like so um we should make a pact we should be blood yeah. brothers everyone get a knife and just cut a piece of your hand and then and there's your <laughs> pact for the rest of your life Sim- similar to the whole social bubble idea now i suppose yeah. Um, yeah. you but, can see how, how ronan's kind of i know I, I know he's named it wrong the heartbreak effect or whatever but you could see how that like each of the five characteristics there where you like lose your partner if you lost that sense of family the sense of uh, well, I don't know what you want to say to get up in the morning. Yeah, and, well, no, ex- exactly. It's, and all that stuff. It's yeah, like as in your your purpose, your purpose, yeah. kind of you know having something to get up in the morning. Like so, say whether it be work, family, um, I don't know, hobbies, etc. Like um, uh, just funny enough, one of the I read somewhere and it was like the two most dangerous years of your life are the year that you are born and the year you retire. Because, like, as in, they're the two years that most people kind of the highest mortality rates are, and the whole retirement thing is basically because you know you've lost, you've lost your purpose yeah. in work. You know, like you're you're getting up constantly, and then you don't actually have that anymore. So you've essentially you might like a lot of people mightn't have anything to live for really. Um, so it was in in one of those communities actually in Japan as well, the same one. They they actually don't have a word for retirement. And instead, they have a word for like the reason that you get up in the morning, kind of thing. So that's so they they happen actually. They like 
work a lot longer than the like the average age 65 or 70 or whatever so they just kind of you know work until they they want to stop basically and also um presuming that they still have a kind of purpose in life um that they might uh keep going basically so how many characteristics or pillars have we Yes, that's, that's how many amazing. more do we have to go through? Yeah, there's, no, I, I want to hear them all because I've been ticking them off. Better the glass of wine a day. I think I'm going pretty okay. Where's your lover, Hannah? I grouped the last three into one, but uh, the last one is, is basically just a, it's a way to relieve stress. So they, they all kind of partake in various things. So some of them go for naps, some go for walks. Some Big fan of naps. Right, I got three out of five. <laughs> yeah, um, one of them actually... Um, the Sardinians as well, same boys with the wine. They all have like happy hour, so obviously that is a is a great way of relieving stress. Half price drinks, um, yeah. but uh, some of them as well um, use a sauna. Not sure. Have you ever heard any health benefits to using a sauna? No sauna. Oh, it's great. It's, it's uh, great. Great with a hangover. Great after a night. Yeah. Steam room. <laughs> steam room. Steam rooms for your sinuses. Saunas for your skin. Yeah. So it's. It's it's really good at like improving circulation, so it's very good for people with like arthritis and uh, various kind of inflammatory conditions. Um, but it's yes, as well as that, it's just very good at relieving stress and inflammation, and therefore long term just reducing the likelihood of disease and the likelihood you'll live longer. Um, I know two lads in my course, Sean Connolly and David Connolly, just always hop into sauna naked together. I love, yeah, I, love, I love how we're putting out full names here. <laughs> in this podcast. I, have, I haven't seen any photos of that Instagram at all, either. I have some. <laughs> we're going to start up an Instagram page for the Let You Don't Know podcast. It's going to be the first one up. The Sean Connolly, David Cunningham Instagram of uh, them naked in the sauna together. Anyway, moving on. For yeah, for moving on because like only like ten of our listeners are getting that reference, and I don't know what who or what the other ninety are. But <laughs> <laughs> stop listening to our podcast, please. Anyway, uh, moving on. What, what other things you have? Concussion, you were saying. Um, yeah. So basically, just kind of something I'd be fairly interested in in terms of just I like I'd I'd be very interested in sport and it just combines the two areas of, of sport and medicine, ever, I suppose. You ever been concussed, Tano? The younger sister ever kicked the shot out of you? Or? <laughs> yeah, loads every night. No, never. Uh, actually, no, I don't think I've ever been con- No, don't think I've ever been concussed. I have never been concussed. <laughs> I, think, um, uh, I think I've been concussed twice in my life. One time was during a training match for Hurling. And I, like, I remember it was like a training match. I woke up in the middle of the match and I was like, I didn't know which way I was playing. Didn't know who or what I was. And the other time was me and Tui out in the J1. Uh, Bunch of frat boys kicked a shy out of me. Slept in a bush that night. <laughs> Still made in for work at nine o'clock the next morning. Just an absolute workhorse of a man. But... Yeah, that, that's no concussion. That's just your normal <laughs> night out run. Uh, one, one hey, yeah, I remember, I remember appearing home from a night out in Canada and seeing this this figure passed out on the the street across from our apartment. And I was like, ah, oh, just we kind of just was in the taxi going home. And we were like, oh, geez, like what? What's that a loser at? Just fucking sleeping on the street, basically. And as we got closer, it, it became became more apparent that it was indeed our friend Ronan Walsh there, <laughs> just ha- happy to spend the night sleep <laughs> on the street <laughs> in in Vancouver. Um, but no, I always yeah, think of, I was, do, you, do you know Rob Gonkowski? Yeah, yeah. New England Patriots tight end. Anytime I hear concussion, I think of that poor lad. Like he's he has way too many concussions. Oh, head, head, head is most. <laughs> like yeah, like, five year old. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I I just kind of did a bit of, bit of reading basically on it, and um, 
I was just looking at various sports. I know, Ronan, you were saying that in hurling or whatever GA that you ended up with concussion, but um, I'm not sure. Have you seen? Have you seen recently the the studies into soccer and uh, oh, heading the ball? Kinda... It's like the the IX team or the Bayern Munich team. They're not allowing the kids practice headers. It's all with foam balls now. Yeah, exactly. So they've actually in the FA in England they've actually kind of removed all heading from underage training. Just because of that reason, basically, they, there was a fairly landmark study that came out and said that I think footballers or professional footballers are like 3.5 times more likely to suffer from dementia than the normal public. And uh, they kind of correlated that back to basically just heading the ball. Because um, I know, I don't know, like growing up playing soccer, I didn't really care too much about heading the ball. But like, I don't know. You were all taking times... tackle, ball on the floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there'd be times and the, the keeper would, I don't know, big goal kick and you'd go up for a header and like you'd be feeling a, a bit dizzy afterwards. Like just, oh, uh, yeah, and our, like a cold winter's morning, the ball be exactly. half frozen. <laughs> You'd never have yeah. knocked out on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, so um, like uh, I found out there that it was apparently 22% of all injuries in soccer are actually concussions, uh, which I thought was fairly... Pretty startlingly high, really. Yeah. I know and, it's a um, huge problem. This the whole CTE. I don't have a clue what yeah, it stands yeah. for, but it's like post-traumatic. It's like post-concussion trauma. It more or less means that from the big blows, your brain is getting mushed against like your skull, and like it's not the same way it used to be. But like the whole thing, you know the Aaron Hernandez thing. He played with Rob Gronkowski, but he's a tight end yeah. for the Patriots. That and he ended up killing someone. He was an absolute lunatic. But like yeah. they, documentary on Netflix. But he went on yeah. and uh, he killed himself. But they were like dissecting his brain and like his whole brain was mushed against his skull. It was just all concussed to mush. Like yeah, so the I was actually going to talk about that. The CT it's like chronic traumatic encephalopathy is the name. But um, I suppose you've probably you've seen the the concussion film with Will Smith. I have. Have no. you? <laughs> have you not known? Was that... no, there, there was uproar about it. It came out like, wasn't it? Like the weekend before NFL season started or something like that. Yeah, in, in 2015. Yeah, like I literally hadn't heard the phrase or the whole term CT before watching that. And I, I kind of just uh, spiked my interest in the whole topic, really. Um, but yeah, basically, it's just it's kind of from repeated concussions or repeated head injuries. So it's, it's really common in. Um, contact sports so like boxing ufc kickboxing nfl really is the main one um but so it's, it's literally just complete uh, it's just huge amount of severe brain damage uh, so it's like complete atrophy of the brain so just cell wastage away um but going going back to the aaron hernandez thing all right um he he developed ct and I think they did an autopsy of him after he died, and it was something like um, they never, like the researchers had never seen anything as bad as his brain in anyone under the age of forty-six, and he was like in his twenties or something like that. Um, so it just really shows, like I know in the NFL, like they they properly, you know, they'd be running for you head first, and like there's some huge collisions at times, really. Um, yeah, that's that's actually really interesting. Concussion, yeah, bad. As I and, said. Long, uh, and longevity. 
We're going to live forever. And long, and longevity, good. Wine, wine, and find a partner. Yeah, that's, that's, really, that's, that's my goal now. And put on a bit of muscle by the time I'm 30. Uh, yeah, so here we go. 2021. Yeah, exactly. We're up to a flying yeah, decade not, here. For, it's, it's not a bad resolution, a bit of wine every day. Yeah, the roaring 20s. Um, yeah, I no, remember. Cool. I remember on uh, Christmas Eve last or New Year's Eve last year. I was like the Roaring Twenties, but now look at us. I remember one day I was out. I was in UC. This had been back in March. And I was like, "Oh, there's some kid in the health science business in the health science building with concussion, uh, or not with concussion, oh, head fried uh, with coronavirus." I was like, "Oh yeah, I hope it's bad. I hope we get like two weeks off college or something." And then look at it now. Oh. Yeah, here we go. Another six months to go as well. Um, and yeah, people, no, sorry. People have the podcast Amazing. to keep them sane. Um, an episode it's every a bit, second. Bit of an escape yeah. from it all, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, some mind numbing noise in your background. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah look, Colin, thanks a million for coming on. Um, you're an, an, ex- an excellent guest, and I'm sure a lot of people will learn a lot, and the less they don't know, really, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank, thanks very much. It's a privilege to come on, and hopefully, uh, you, you go on from here and succeed with, with huge numbers. We already, already succeeded and we're hating it. <laughs> Too yeah, exactly. um, we'll hopefully be back in the next two, three months. Uh, no promises. Um, yeah, uh, hashtag the only way is up. <laughs>